coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Then when they use this tactic called forgetting or what would be denial, where the abusive partner pretends to, oh, suddenly have forgotten what actually occurred or denies things like promises made to the person. So something like, I don't know what you're talking about or you're just making that stuff up. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor. And I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together. And we're just so glad that you've joined us. Dr. Linda, occasionally you and I will have a conversation outside of this program. We do actually talk to each other. That's right. Not on the microphone. And we were uh, talking recently, you had asked if I had heard of the term gaslighting. And I sort of kind of had, knew a little bit about it. But uh, we want to talk about that today on the program. So let's jump right in, Dr. Linda. What is gaslighting? So this term came from a 1938 stage play called Gaslight. Hmm. The plot concerned a husband who attempts to drive his wife to insanity, Chris. (laughs) And the way he does that is by manipulating small elements of their environment and then insisting that she's mistaken or she's misremembering when she points out these changes. So what happens is he dims the lights which were then powered by gas, Mm -hmm. so it was 1938. So in their home, he dims the lights, and then he denies that the lights have changed when his wife points that out. And then she becomes so confused that in the movie, she begins to think, maybe I'm going insane. Mm. So that's how the term started, the dimming of gas lights, but denying that the lights are really dim in order to make the person, like you said, question herself. Yeah, it's a very effective type of emotional abuse and it causes the person who is being gaslighted to question their own feelings, their instincts, their sanity, which then gives the abusive person, the person who's doing this to her or him, a whole lot of power. And we know from other shows that we've done mm-hmm. that abuse is about power and control. Now is it gas lit or gas lighted? Well, I guess you'd be gaslighted if you were the person receiving it, right? I, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> the gaslighter. But it's the whole idea of this is that the information is twisted or it's spun. You know, it, it really is a way for the abuser to control a person and make them think that somehow there's something wrong with their memory or their perceptions or their sanity. So it's aimed at denying what you're really seeing. And so then you begin to think, oh, something is wrong with me. And so it helps you question your emotional state. And that's where the abuser has all the power. Well, here on the program, we always pride ourselves in, you know, having good sources for information. But today we're going to quote Wikipedia. It says, gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse in which false information is presented with the intent of making a victim doubt his or her own memory, perception, and sanity. It may simply be the denial of an abuser that previous abusive incidents ever occurred, or it could be the staging of bizarre events by the abuser with the intent of disorienting the victim. This is 
intense. Yeah. It, it really is uh, a way for the abuser to break down the victim's ability to trust his or her own perceptions. So all of that process is to make you question, to not trust yourself. And then because of that, the effect of it, Chris, is that the abuser gets more dependent on that relationship, stays in the relationship. So it's how somebody manipulates another person. Here's what one woman said about this. She said, for almost my entire life, I felt as though I couldn't trust my own memory. I would think to myself, hmm, am I making this up? Am I creating this hurt? Am I fabricating this anger? Maybe I'm too sensitive. Hmm. Well, my understanding of this is that it happens gradually, sort of like mind control in which you are playing with a person's sense of reality with the goal of controlling them. And then over time, the person becomes confused, anxious, and then depressed. Yes, and then because the person is so self-doubting, the person then becomes, like we said, highly dependent on that other person because they're thinking, well, I have to trust him because I'm not, you know, I'm obviously having doubts about what I'm seeing, what's real, what's happening in my life. And the gaslighter spins their negative, harmful, or destructive words in action in a way that makes them look good. So they deflect the blame, they point the finger at someone. It's often done by them saying something like, oh, you're just overly sensitive or you're getting paranoid. Maybe you're getting a little mentally unstable. They might call the person silly or unhinged and anything that can sort of pick at the person and make the person doubt themselves. Here are a few examples. A wife witnesses her husband cheating on her and he starts an ongoing campaign to make her believe this event was false and that her perception of reality is incorrect. He says, no, you're crazy, when she insists that she saw what she saw. And he also says things like, why are you being so emotional? Yeah, another one would be a boyfriend and a girlfriend are having an intense argument when he hits her repeatedly. And then several days later, she calls the police, but there's no proof of the fact that she's been hit. Hmm. And then he insists to the police that, oh, she's delusional. And when she confronts him about this in private, he insists that she's imagining it. And he repeatedly calls her crazy for, you know, thinking that happened. And that's when she begins to doubt her memory. Or listen to this story. Your boss backed you up on a project when you met privately in his office. And you went full steam ahead in this project. But at some kind of large gathering with the staff, he suddenly changes his tune and publicly criticizes your poor judgment. And then when you tell him, Chris, that you're concerned about how this will affect uh, your authority, he tells you that the project was (laughs) ill-conceived and that you'll just have to be more careful in the future. And then you begin to question, wait a minute, did I hear that right? Maybe I'm not as competent as Mm. I thought. So gaslighting is a type of manipulative control that people use. So are there specific ways in which people do this that we should recognize? There really are some tactics that we can look at, and we're going to talk a lot about this in the second segment as well, some of the signs. But if you're someone who's being gaslighted, you do need to get help because this is a form of abuse. One reason we're doing this show is to make sure our listeners are more aware of what this is and then recognize when it's happening. So let's talk about what we should look for in a relationship. And let's get into the tactics that a gaslighter uses? So one tactic is to withhold. So Mm. this is one where the abusive partner pretends not to understand you or refuses to listen. So for example, maybe you're trying to bring up a problem and he says, I don't want to hear this again. Or you're just trying to confuse me. When someone withholds like that, 
it makes you feel like your concerns are not worthy to be discussed. So what about the tactic then of countering? So that is when the abusive partner questions the victim's memory of events, even when the victim remembers them accurately. Mm. So an example would be, well, you're just wrong. You never remember things correctly. See, that really makes you question what you think you saw, what is actually going on. They're countering you. That's that whole Mm, point of countering. Another one is blocking or diverting. And this is when the abusive partner changes the subject and or questions your thoughts. So an example of that would be, is that another crazy idea you got from your brother or, you know, some friend or something? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they might say to you, oh, you're imagining things. I have seen this in action. And it's really difficult to handle because you have to stay on your point, and the gaslighter is so good at diverting the conversation to something else. Yeah, and another tactic is trivializing. So what happens there is that the abusive partner makes you feel like your needs or your feelings are just totally unimportant. Uh, They might say something like, you're going to get angry over a little thing Mm -hmm. like this, really? And this is that, you know, you're too sensitive again. Trivializing your feelings, your emotions, or even the reality that you see. See, that really involves belittling a person Mm -hmm. as well as making them think that their feelings are not right somehow. And basically you're invalidating them, I guess. Right. And another one of those is when they use this tactic called forgetting or what would be denial, where the abusive partner pretends to, oh, suddenly have forgotten what actually occurred or denies things like promises made to the person. Mm -hmm. So something like, I don't know what you're talking about or you're just making that stuff up. See, then what makes you feel really crazy, like, did this really even happen? And you can imagine if someone does that to you over and over again, you do begin to question your sense of reality and your judgment. This is such a cruel form of torture. It's mind manipulation. Mm -hmm. So again, when you're in a relationship over and over and over that you're getting this, can you see how it wears on a person and they begin to really think, ooh, maybe I am this problematic person. Well, today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show, we're talking about gaslighting, and we need to take a short break, but when we return, we will give specific signs that gaslighting may be going on in a relationship. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we are talking about gaslighting, and it is a real form of emotional abuse. But before we discuss more of the signs involved in recognizing gaslighting, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can find her books, blogs, and you can connect on social media. Her latest book, Living Beyond Pain, is so helpful to anyone struggling with chronic pain. Now, there's no gaslighting involved in dealing with pain. Even though gaslighting probably can hurt some, but we're, that's a different type of that's pain. That's a different thing, about. right, right. <laughs> Chronic pain is real. It's real. Right. And uh, don't let anybody tell you it's not. <laughs> then, of course, remember to uh, listen to today's program anytime on iTunes and share it with a friend. Dr. Linda, this is an important topic in terms of relationships, and you might not recognize what is going on in your relationship until you hear 
these signs. Then it might make sense. Our, our topic is, of course, gaslighting. It's a type of emotional abuse that is destructive to a relationship. What are the signs of gaslighting? And if we think this might be happening to us, what should we look for? Well, these signs that we're going to talk about, Chris, relate to the manipulation and the tactics that we talked about in the first segment. So the tactics that the gaslighter uses, and then what do you do? What do you look for to know how this is happening to you? Because we want to be able to uh, help people think, oh, maybe this is part of what's being done in my relationship. One of the easiest ways to identify this is that you are often left feeling confused and crazy when you're with this person. You're having an interaction, and afterwards you're thinking, am I crazy? Why am I so confused about what's going on? If someone is frequently telling you you're crazy, so sometimes they just tell you right out, mm. and they twist things around so that it seems like you're being irrational or unreasonable, that's really a telltale red flag that the person is gaslighting you. And if you just feel confused a lot, like I said, and actually believe that you're losing it, that really is a sign and a red flag to pay attention to. I know you'll get into this a little more later, but this can happen to someone who is relatively weaker or passive, or it can happen to really anyone if they're not careful and looking for these signs. Let's think about this. We, we gave an example of even at work mm-hmm. or with other people. If I, it could happen to somebody in the church. You mean church folks aren't perfect? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then what is a, another sign of gaslighting? You keep doubting yourself. When you've been the person who's, who's had this experience, you start believing their perceptions. Um, you start second-guessing yourself. You're thinking, is my judgment really good here? Hmm. Like if you're constantly raising your eyebrows and thinking, hmm, things are really not the way I remember them to be, that's a sign. So the doubting yourself on a regular basis is mainly the point. That can really do a number on you psychologically that constant doubting of your own perceptions, and it gives the other person lots of control. Uh, What is another sign? You start questioning or wondering if you're too sensitive or too emotional. Remember, we gave a lot of examples of that. Again, they're accusing you of responding in a a wrong way is Mm -hmm. really the message of what that's all about. And then you start believing it because you're hearing it over and over again. You're just too sensitive. And doesn't that lead to incredible feelings of insecurity? Yeah, and you grow more and more insecure. That's a classic sign in every relationship that is characterized by gaslighting. And in reality, both people are really deeply insecure, right? Because Mm. an abuser who needs to have that power and the control is resorting to that because they just can't do relationships in a healthy way. So there's got to be a lot of deep insecurity there on both parts. But one person is obviously a lot stronger and using a manipulative tactic instead. You know, the gaslighter's insecurity, again, is there to, to try to control you. So I know that doesn't help when you're in the middle of it, thinking, well, they're just as insecure as I'm feeling, but that is a root cause. Yeah, you don't want to think of the person who is the abuser as, oh, well, they're insecure. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's hard to do that. And they're using that insecurity. You might feel it as the victim, mm-hmm. but they're using it to manipulate you. It's really a destructive cycle because you end up not knowing who you are and you're being controlled because of your insecurities. What about people who say they are sorry all the time in a relationship? Is this a part of it? This is a pattern you need to pay attention to because if you feel like you're walking on eggshells around that person and you wind up apologizing constantly Mm -hmm. because they're making you feel like you're always in the wrong, that's another sign that you're being gaslighted. 
podcast liked, liked it. it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've heard people say that when they argue, it just goes around and around and around. Is that a sign? It can be if your fights make your head spin because of all the outlandish things that the person is saying to you. Mm -hmm. And you honestly believe the person when he says it's all your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, you better watch out for that because it's never all your fault. That's a bad sign. But when you hear that, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. I've mentioned this before when it comes to blame shifting. Do narcissists gaslight? Oh, yeah. Because if you think about the root of that, it's a power and control issue. Mm, right. They're manipulating you to get their way and to get what they want. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, what's another sign then? You make excuses to your friends and family for the person's behavior. If you find yourself explaining away the person's erratic behavior on a regular basis to the people who are closest to you, and you're making excuses constantly, especially if your family members are questioning that and going, mm. Did, is that really true? Or you didn't do that. Or I don't see you that way. Right. But you're constantly supporting that person. There's a good chance you're being a victim of this. Uh, we are in the weeds with this. This this really gets complicated with the way this person, a, a gaslighter, treats people. So I'm going to make it even worse. Ready? Does the one who's being gaslighted start to lie to avoid accusations and twisted talks. Well, think about it. That would be a defensive behavior, right? You, mm-hmm. Because you you don't get nowhere arguing. Right. The person's always telling you you're wrong. And so after a while, sometimes the victim gets so tired of this mm-hmm. that they just end up starting to lie to avoid any kind of confrontation or feeling bad again. One of the most difficult signs is when you feel hopeless and, and depressed in a relationship. And you begin to think, how did this happen? You were thinking this person was a good person, especially when you met them, or you probably wouldn't have gotten in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you're really starting to recognize as they start to be more known in your relationship with you how bad it is. And then you start to feel really sad and you feel empty. And what happens is the gaslighting often follows these three stages, Chris. Mm-hmm. First, there's sort of disbelief. You think, oh, this isn't the person I married, or this isn't the person I thought he or she was. Then you get defensive about it, and you Mm -hmm. think, the person can't really be this bad. Maybe I'm the problem. And then you wonder, am I just a bad partner, or am I a bad family member, or whoever is doing the, the gaslighting to you? And then the third stage of this is a type of depression that can come on because you feel like you're going crazy and you're trapped. And you feel like there's nothing you can do about this. It's such a torturous type of abuse, it seems like, that a gaslighter would do to somebody. And what's amazing is that it's based on their insecurity as well. That's always abuse. Abuse is always about needing to be in control of somebody else because you don't want to deal with who you are. Mm. There's so many signs to help us recognize gaslighting. But now that we are aware of these signs, what can we do? Well, we have more to talk about on the other side of the break on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful, and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I Love My Mother, But, a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, 
but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but available on my website, drlindamintel.com or online where books are sold. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain, a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can find the book, Living Beyond Pain. And you can connect on social media. And, of course, don't forget about the podcast on iTunes. You know, our podcast can be on a whole bunch of platforms. So if you listen to Spotify or iHeartRadio or any of those, you'll find. Just Google my name and you'll find our podcast. You can listen to it anytime. Anytime, anywhere. It's right. And you yep. can share it with a friend. So right. it's good stuff. We've talked about you can take a shower and, and listen to the <laughs> program. <laughs> You've talked about that. That has not been my recommendation, but okay. Well, on today's program, we're talking about a form of emotional abuse called gaslighting. And if you just joined us, it is serious, and it makes a person doubt his or her own sanity. And Dr. Linda, if people are in this type of relationship, what can they do? You mentioned this, Chris, just a a little bit ago, that this is something that happens gradually over time. So you don't always know that it's happening because it's a gradual process. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the things you might need professional help to regain your life and to get your confidence back again. So there's no shame if you go to a professional counselor or a therapist and you say, you know, I'm feeling confused, I'm feeling doubt, I don't know what's going on. That might be a really good way to start. So you have to be aware, first of all, that it's happening. And that's why we spent so much time going over those tactics and those signs. But once you see the pattern, you're going to need really a lot of help breaking the cycle. This may be harder for a married couple, but what about removing yourself from the person? If you can do that, it's probably a helpful thing until you can get a handle on what's going on. Mm -hmm. If you're married, you could see a therapist and then get some help with how you would respond to that when, when somebody does that to you. But minimizing the contact if it's not somebody that you're married to is probably a good idea. Sometimes you can't do that, though. If it's a coworker, you have to still work with that person, but you can minimize your interactions with that person. Gaslighting, I want to say something about that in the workplace. It can happen in ways that we haven't really talked about. It could be somebody stealing credit for your work, throwing a coworker under the bus, pitting coworkers against each other giving undeserved negative reviews about a person, harassing, intimidating coworkers, maybe making up stories to get the coworker fired mm. or even threatening lawsuits. It sounds like the offices here at the Dr. Linda Mental show. <laughs> we don't do any of that. Come on. <laughs> we have a good working group. That's right. 
What about outright just confrontation? Does that work? It doesn't usually help or work because the person who's doing the gaslighting needs help, and they're not going to listen to you and think, oh, you're trying to help me. Mm -hmm. So confrontation usually just really feeds the drama. So it's better to be non-responsive to the manipulation as much as possible. This is why you might need a therapist or a counselor to help you maintain your sanity and to know how to respond. So I'll give you an example. If you do respond to something that somebody says when they're gaslighting you, you can say something like, hmm, well, I remember it differently. Just say something very innocuous like that. Mm -hmm. And then journal your thoughts about what really did happen so that you can go back to look at your thoughts when it was happening and help you, you know, get that reality test going on. So sometimes keeping a written record of what happened will help keep you a little bit more sane. Mm -hmm. And this, again, is the part of the program brought to you by Henry Cloud. Um, <laughs> I would imagine it's important to try to set boundaries. I think Townsend helped write that book, Townsend, too. Cloud right. and Townsend. <laughs> so let's give, <laughs> let's give John a little credit for that book, too. Uh, it, it really is all about boundaries, though, like you're saying, and standing up for what you know to be true. Well, can you give us a, a few ways to respond with boundaries? Yeah, let's do some responses that people could practice. So one would be, hmm, we really remember things differently. Mm -hmm. So do you see how I'm keeping my ground when I say that? Right. The person's trying to change my reality, and I'm going, yeah, no, we, re we remember it differently. Mm -hmm. Or if you continue to speak to me like this, I'm really not going to engage in right. the conversation. That's setting a personal boundary. I hear you, but that isn't my experience. So you hear I'm validating the other person, but I'm also holding my boundary on that one. Or simply, if it gets really bad, you can say, I'm now walking away from this conversation. Mm -hmm. So you take yourself out of it. Or I'm not interested in debating what happened with you. That would be a good one with a coworker. I'm just mm -hmm. not interested in debating that. I actually had to do this with a coworker not too long ago. And then sometimes you can say, I'll speak to you about whatever the issue is, but I'm not willing to speak to you about and then this is the thing they're trying to change the reality. Well, it seems like this type of relationship would be would, would completely erode trust. And that's why it's so damaging. To get better in a relationship, you have to regain trust not only in the person, but also in yourself. And that's why this is so difficult is because you're doubting yourself all the time. But if the other person isn't willing, sometimes that's not possible. So, again, we're going to go back to trust is an important issue for all of us when it comes to our intimate relationships. But for the victim of this extreme form of manipulation is simply recovering the ability to trust yourself is probably the most important thing you can do. And often you need a therapist to help you with that because of what's coming at you all the time. You know, trust involves renewing the mind. I guess that's why the Word of God is so important in this process. Right. The rebuilding of trust and confidence is really important. And you begin to repair your relationship with yourself and God. So God is trustworthy. His word is trustworthy. What he says about you is true, not what other people say always. You know, sometimes people are not saying the truth about you. So read the word of God to understand who you are in Christ and how we're to treat one another. There's mm. lots of principles in the Bible of how we're supposed to be with one another. And you need to get God's perspective on healthy relationships. And guess what? It does not include this type of, of right. manipulation. Mm. It's a true source that you can really trust. If you've listened to this program today and you feel you or someone you know is in this type of relationship, please, please get help. You are not alone, and you need someone you can trust to give you accurate feedback and help on what to do. 
Uh, we hope this has been helpful to recognize the signs of gaslighting and knowing the steps to take to stop this type of emotional abuse. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.